0: Hello
1: there. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there.
0: Hello there. Hello there. I'm JP.
1: Hello there. I'm WH.
0: And this is episode two of Hello there. And the episode the weekly podcast about the uh, disney plus series obi-wan kenobi how do we find you today wh it's been a it's been a few days since we recorded uh right after the the debut then
1: i went on holiday how do we yeah. find you today yeah i'm i'm pretty good um it's my day off like uh just relaxing chilling. relaxing sunday here here in toronto it's it's 50. Oh, it's actually, I'm looking at my computer. It's 13 degrees Celsius, which is just which is kind of a uh, abnormally cold yeah. for, for June here. Um, but it's fine. I'm, I'm staying inside today and uh, I'm good. You know, I was thinking the other day about, you know, the uh, some of the things that came out of Star Wars Celebration, which they just had, I mm. think, over in Anaheim. And, and for people who don't know, Star Wars Celebration is like their big, festival, like it's a week-long festival, where they bring in, like they make announcements, and and like Disney and Lucasfilm just like go all out and in terms of celebrating like everything Star Wars, including bringing up all the stars to like panels and, and, and putting and parading them in front of all these fans. And like, I think some of the highlights I thought were like like Ian e. McGregor and, and Hayden Christensen coming out for the 20th anniversary panel for Attack of the Clones, like as a surprise. And uh Pedro Pascal doing his panel, and he's just like sucking up all this adoration from from all the fans there. I think he's probably the biggest star in Star Wars right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um it just it's it's really nice to see like all these this positivity that comes out of Star Wars, it, you know, which is which is contrasting some of the like mm. the terrible negative things that came out of like some of the the, the racist bile directed towards uh Moses Ingram on our social media from like hmm. all these racist super like say they're Star Wars fans and if they're not they're just a bunch of incels
0: and racists yes.
1: and and you know we saw this with and, John Boyega, Boy, Boyega and uh, Kelly Marie Tran as Rose hmm. Tika like just it's just not I I would I would I I, I was very happy to see you McGregor just go on his own social yeah. media and just say you're not Star Wars fans I to, you know I, I denounce all of you. anyone who does this you're not star wars fans you're not part of the community that i'm mm. i'm proud of to be part of so yeah i tend to think like if you see this like yeah, if i see something like this i would probably like to just shut it down like shut you know mm. like say you're not a star wars fan i'm a Star Wars fan i'm you know because i think i do think you know you've had 45 years of star wars for the most part for most of its history being dominated. By, by white males as characters. Yeah. So you, you have it ha, I think it, it's insane not to reflect reality of the world in terms yeah. of ethnic, gender, sexuality, religion, what have you, you know? So that's just, yeah, my little soapbox for, for this episode. But I, but I was also thinking, you know, what was also great was like um, Diego Luna doing his panel for, uh, for Andor. Mm-hmm. Which mm. I, I'm very excited about. Have you seen the teaser for this, JP? I
0: haven't yet, and this is one of the things. I'm only just in the land of the living because I was literally away camping, so it feels like I've been very disconnected and in the middle of a royal jubilee, which I'll probably end up talking about on, the, on, the, on like one of the one of the later shows. But yes, no, so I haven't seen. So I'm I haven't seen the teaser for this yet.
1: It looks really good. I'm I'm very excited about it. Um, what's the name of the actress? Who plays Mon Mothma? Uh, she played Mon Mothma in the prequel trilogy. Uh, oh, and she's You're in this TV show. Now, she she plays a uh, uh, she plays a character in this Tim Roth show called Tin Star. That's set in uh, Canada in its first couple of seasons, which is uh, pretty good actually. Genevieve something. She's Irish. Uh,
0: I'm just having a look now on the on the the Star Wars wiki for this um, and it's really bloody playing up on here as well but yes no so so yes she's in she's in andor is she I mean in terms of the theme vibe of the series, what are you kind of getting from it
1: uh it, it's it's very it's very broke one obviously mm. you know because it's which it's is using great a, which is a character. You know, Mandor is the second main character from Mandor, from from Rogue yeah. One, and uh, Genevieve O'Reilly. She she played she played Mon Mothma in deleted scenes from Attack of the Clones, uh, in a brief scene in deleted scenes from Revenge of the Sith, but she played Mon Mothma in the, uh, the in Rogue One. She's really good mm-hmm. in it, and she also does the voice acting for Mon Mothma in the Rebels cartoon show so that's really cool so which oh, we will I'm be referencing in this episode yeah i i i'm god i i'm hoping we are going to see maybe harris and doula in this and harris Hera, like the one of the main characters of rebels she's the captain of the ghost which is their, the 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 hero ship of, of that series and uh and one of the best pilots in uh the rebel the rebel alliance so yeah, I hope we get to see Harrison Doula. I like, I'm, I'm, may, maybe, is, like, I don't know if they can do Saw Guerrera, Forrest Whitaker's character. Mm. That'd be interesting to see because he would still be alive in this era that this show's being said. And apparently, it's like two seasons. So okay. it's, it's, they've already slated that this is going to be a two season series and they finished, wrap, wrapped up season one and they're going to start doing season two soon, like this, the shooting of it. So, um, it's going to be a long thing too so like I, i'm hoping yeah we get to uh cover that as well i think it'll be a it'll be a fun thing to to, to, to watch i look forward to, to t- talk about
0: as soon as we finish recording i'm gonna be on that straight away um how did you find like in terms of the reception to the to the first two episodes because um before before we launch in into this one really i mean i think generally from a kind of critical perspective it seems that this episode that we're going to be reviewing today is definitely the most praised of yeah. all of all of the episodes that have come so far. But yeah, how you feel? How are you feeling about this series at the minute? How are you feeling about Obi Wan? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm
1: I'm I'm very positive about it. I I woke up you know early to watch it on uh, Wednesday, and yep. I was not disappointed um, from from various um points you know points of interest you know mainly like the you know the face-to-face with you know an anakin darth vader with with obi-wan but also like the you know some of the easter eggs that were dropped here the the big one we'll talk about when we get to it but like referencing another um expanded universe character that's you know now going to be part become live action canon possibly so we'll, we'll talk about him as we get through the episode review, but I, I really liked it. I think generally the, 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 the response to both the, what we see, what we've gotten so far from the series has been generally positive. I think a lot of mm-hmm. fans like, you know, Ewan McGregor is, yeah, I think is so beloved to Star Wars, to mm-hmm. most Star Wars fans as this character and the return of Hayden Christensen and, and more importantly, the return of James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader. Yes. It was amazing. He's
0: an incredible man, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. I was thinking about this because I know they're using something—is it re-speecher—to kind of make his 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 lines that bit more clear or something uh, along those lines. I, w- I was looking in, in one of the many videos about this, but it's in- it's incredible still to this day him doing the voice. And
1: I, I think as as long—I mean, not to be morbid, but like mm. he's pretty old. Who knows if he's dealing with any health problems? Hopefully not. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you can get as much out of him as you can as this character's voice Mm -hmm. in in, in many respects he is he is darth vader james earl jones yeah he is it's the voice that like beyond the image it's like what what is the what is our impression of the actual character it's it's the voice work of james earl jones as delivering these lines so I'm, i'm very excited to hopefully we get we get more as much james earl jones as we can as darth vader
0: and we get a lot in this episode. Oh, yeah. Like, just to say in this one, I wasn't expecting that. When you told me about this, and I've only um, I ended up seeing it last night when I, when I finally got back quite late and and watched this, and I was, like, kind of incredulous about how much of it we got, which leads us nicely into the, into the opening um, for this one, uh, for part three. And this episode opens up with um, Obi-Wan meditating. And um, effectively trying to connect to Qui Gon Jinn, mm-hmm. um, which he did in the Clone War series. He was able. He was able to yeah. do that,
1: wasn't he? Yeah. But he was on a, a planet um, that was very uh, Mortis. He was on a planet called Mortis, mm. which is very highly attuned to the Force, and mm. um, so like being in a place central to like kind of the convergence of, of force of the force you, you can do a lot of things like that's it's a that, those two episodes are really i think it's two three three-parter maybe yeah it's really strange some really strange s- story where like anakin uh obi-wan and ahsoka go to this planet mortis and meet these three force characters force beings called the the, the father sister and brother mm. and it's really it's really it, it goes into metaphysical territories. It's re- I like them. Is that but, where
0: Anakin has his kind of flash moment and you see he see Vader? He gets Vader's a moment. premonition yes. of
1: him becoming of him becoming Darth Vader. Yeah, um, but this is where we you know Liam Neeson came, comes back as the voice of Qui Gon Jinn hmm. and confers with with Obi Wan, um, and and the idea is that you know like he's going to teach he he learned this ability qui-gon jen learned this ability to become part of what they call the i think the cosmic force mm. so there's two type two types of like strains of force in, in star wars one's the living force that's and it. one is the cosmic force and, and qui-gon became part of the cosmic force i believe if, if i'm wrong don't 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 ratio me on twitter please you know but <laughs> uh please be polite in correcting me but i believe he's part of the the, the cosmic force and so he's he can communicate and this is the ability that he's going to teach to obi-wan kenobi later so like Mm. when he has the duel in episode four that he he throws he does the job to vader you know um then he when he gets slashed by vader he's he's going to become part of the force and becomes a force ghost and this is also ability that qui-gon teaches to uh yoda as well Mm. so it, it's it's an, it's an interesting thing like of course it's all like a lot of this is also like kind of like conveniently retconning stuff that happened well how did anakin become a, a force ghost did he learn this technique because i don't know anyways yeah you know what's a really good read for people mm-hmm. um are some of the novelizations of the prequels revenge of the sith there is some excellent excellent stuff in that novelization okay and, and i i would highly Maybe that'll be one of, one of my other recommendations is to read the novelization of Revenge of the Sith because there's a lot of things that that weren't weren't put in the movie that are in this book, which is based on the, George Lucas's script, and I it's it's a fun read and there's like the, a lot of the things you didn't see in the movie are in this mm. book that are just for Star Wars fans it's really fantastic.
0: Well, you're expecting to see Liam Neeson appear in this, right? I mean, he's signed, I
1: so. yeah. I think so.
0: Yeah. yeah. It it feels inevitable there. But I mean, we don't see him here because I mean his
1: it, I I, he, I don't think he's doing any more taken movies. So, so I guess he's I think doing he's doing taken
0: variants these days, isn't he? I think there's one called Memory out. It seems to get lazier by the minute and I'm stunned he's able to run around.
1: You know. I unfortunately I think his career has now turned into a a Bruce Willis type of career. So yeah. It awesome. is, isn't it?
0: hopefully he didn't invest in Bernie Madoff like so many actors did who end up in that sort of state. Um but anyway, well Obi-Wan who uh, hasn't ended up in that kind of financial woe, he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't look like he has a pot to piss in here. He can't connect through to him, but he does have various flashbacks. We hear um we hear Yoda giving him um saying the same thing I can't, uh which effectively was uh what he told him when he saw footage of Anakin um mm-hmm. Uh, killing the younglings um also we hear reva um sort of saying about anakin being still alive and you can tell he's still kind of tortured by this um and he's still he's there with leia we saw them escape at the end of the the last episode as well um and then obi-wan managed to have a conversation explaining about the force there about how the force works and the idea of you know when you're in the dark, you switch on the light, and it's the kind of safety that it uh, mm-hmm. that it gives you. What did you think of this? What did you think of this as an opening?
1: I I I thought that whole explanation to, to Leia about what the force is like, mm. about are you afraid of the dark? Then would how do you feel when you turn on a light? I just thought it was just so simple and eloquent yeah. in in its in, in explanation, especially like you're trying to explain to a child. What the force is, as is versus like trying to explain to like you know teenage Luke Skywalker, um, you know, which you know it, it's an energy field that binds us, passes through us. So he's not really gonna, I think, go through that kind of an explanation with with a ten year old child. So you know, it's a light that you try on when it's dark, and that's how it makes you feel. It makes you feel safe. Oh, okay, simple, excellent. Yeah, I like I like the opening. Yeah, hey. uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm really digging the the the, the chemistry between uh, yeah. obi-wan and leia
0: in this series so far yeah something that was um you know my girlfriend you know who's, who's big into star wars as well she was she was watching it with me and she was just saying you know you're getting that kind of good carrie fisher vibes but also there's there's just like uh i don't know for for an actor so young to kind of manage to kind of sort of grasp the kind of innocence of the role and, and being able to kind of deli- deliver quite complex dialogue um what we do get whilst this is going on, though, is we get the first, like, early doors, we get Vader. And we see yeah. how, yeah, we see Vader at his fortress at Mustafa, um, which we did see in Rogue One. Um, and we see how Vader is constructed out, out of his back to tank um, and what appears to be kind of like the living hell that he goes through. I thought this was incredible. I mean, in terms of the suit that fundamentally he ends up in, um, it's more closer to, um, we're talking sort of episode four here. That's something that, you know, that they've managed to, you know, sort of directly make sure is, is known. Um, but it also ties it in very nicely with revenge of the Sith, as you mentioned earlier on, and, you know, and the, and the physical state that Anakin was in effectively with his, um, Arms and legs, um, being being amputated by the fire. I thought this was great. I mean, it was like going straight into Vader, but yeah, what did you think of this?
1: I, I mean, it just plays into like a lot of like comic book stuff that they've done Mm. with Vader. Um, since since Disney relaunched the the comic books back at Marvel, um, you, you get a lot of exploration of Vader, like honestly, like the Darth Vader comic books are some of the best stuff. Marvel's produced for for the Star Wars franchise for the license again, um, and I I, you know later on I'll probably recommend like some of the the Vader stuff out there that's been been uh, being produced. Um, the Mustafar stuff is great. I just think it makes sense that he's gonna build his for, like the Emperor gives him a fortress like you can have your own place. Where do you want to put it? I'm gonna put it on the place where I suffered my greatest defeat. You know, yeah. It's a reminder. I think he, he constantly is looking at reminders of his failure as Anakin Skywalker yeah. to fuel his, because like, if we think about it, like the Sith are, are fueled by hate and anger, right? Mm-hmm. That's the fuel to the dark side of the forest. So he, he uses Mus- being on Mustafar, I think to fuel his, his hatred of Obi-Wan Kenobi to fuel his anger at what he became, um, from how far he fell at, from as Anakin Skywalker to becoming Darth Vader. Um, and it, it just I think the, the makeup job done by, you know, the makeup department of yeah. Hayden Christensen really excellent. And we really we really don't care about the mystery of Darth Vader anymore, do we? No. You know. No, it's like you know, like Empire Strikes Back, you get cleanse the back of his head as the helmet's coming down when he's aboard his, his his superstar destroyer. No, we don't care. This is what he looks like. This is yeah. you know it the 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 boxes you can't you know the box pandora's box is open as far as like what Darth Vader looks like what he's actually like you know under under the mask and with the armor and i just think it's 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 really you know it, it really fuels kind of the character in terms of like okay he doesn't have any legs because obi-wan cut them off he got burnt to a crisp by by the lava of uh mm. of mustafar and oh one of the things that the comics explore is this idea that mustafar is actually a wellspring of dark force energy. Mm. So, so, that's also why he, he, he puts um, his castle there. So um, I think they could do like a horror anthology based around this castle.
0: Well, it's interesting. You mentioned horror. That's very much like, a, like quite large swathes of this, particularly around Vader when he's in this is, this is kind of, it's the kind of thing you want. I, I think it's the best representation of, of Vader is, is to, just to this kind of like this great villain who just carries around like sort of an immediate sense of threat with him, Um, which I think you kind of, you almost get straight away, Um, particularly because after this, you know, he's, uh, he's in the throne room. um, And he's, he's, you know, asking Reva to find Obi-Wan, telling her he'll make a grand Inquisitor if she succeeds and does one of his usual threats as well along the way. Um, It really it's, you know. I, what are you thinking at this point? I mean, to talk about Reva, you mentioned about, um, you know, so much of the abuse that, um, that
1: uh, I can't remember her name, Mason,
0: Moses Ingram, has Moses Ingram has received.
1: Like, how do you feel about the character of Reva? Like, I don't know what the problem is. Is it it, like, did she replace a pre existing white character? No. it's just like an original character like what the, what the fuck is wrong with people i don't i don't i don't i don't know why people are giving her grief is it because of the character then you know what Get, be, complain about the character don't go after the actress what the fuck is wrong with people and why do you and if you don't like a performance why are you bringing race into it it's like it's so fucking people are so fucking stupid like i don't know
0: it's they're all do you know what it's the depressing inevitability of those kind of responses i mean i think the way that that I've taken okay, it's, I'm taking it as red that at the very very beginning of the series we saw when order 66 was implemented and we see the young ones being sort of rushed out of there that she is one of those young ones mm. that appears to be the kind of common consensus at this point. So when you have that in mind like you can see the kind of and you you sort of think to yourself okay there's going to be a likelihood that she would have been effectively discovered um by Vader, and then, you know, becoming an Inquisitor and, and turn to the dark side, that this is how she'd be. I, I think it's, you know, it, she's not the main villain. Like, I think she's there also as, as well, and in, just in, in terms of, it's that, it's that connection point of getting Vader and Obi-Wan together, and that's what she is. Yeah. And so in, in that sense, she kind of fulfills an important plot point.
1: I think we do see maybe a younger version of her in episode one of this series, the series mm. uh, in the in the uh, Order sixty six sequence yeah. on on Coruscant at the Jedi Temple. Uh, just you know, it has been said that like a lot of former Padawans and Jedi's were corrupted to the dark side to become Inquisitors, yeah. including the the Grand Inquisitor that shows up in Rebels. It's revealed that he was a Jedi Temple guard that was turned into an Inquisitor by by you know, Darth Sidious and Darth Vader so that riva was a padawan it would not be a surprise like i, I think that's probably what we're going to see is that she was probably one of the younglings one of the padawans yeah. on on in the, on khorasan in the jedi temple that survived War 66 only to be like turned into an, an inquisitor and like mm-hmm. what her maybe maybe she was slated to become obi-wan's uh new padawan and you know i don't know but then this happened and she's like she felt betrayed by him because he left behind i don't know and he doesn't know that she was I, i'm just speculating
0: well you can fit this in we're going to talk about a plot you know a, an incredible revelation really from obi-wan kenobi later on that's that's sort of never been dropped in as far as i'm aware into sort of any of the uh, star wars canon up to date i mean what we do get after this is a confrontation between her and um Sun Kang, who plays the, the fifth brother. Um and really what you're getting here is is the kind of politics at play. He wants to be the next Inquisitor as well. Um personally, I don't think the Grand Inquisitor's dead. Like I think we've seen enough within these series. I mean, if you're following Darth Maul, for example, you would assume that you would have after being cut in half and falling down there, he would have died. But no, he ends up on a waste planet and comes into um into clone wars as a fantastic character i feel but
1: now, yeah yeah just a quick question is is rupert friend a, a well-known actor like i'm not that familiar with him homeland
0: homeland always seemed to be the thing for me maybe i've missed other stuff that he's done
1: because it seems like a waste to bring yeah him in and just have him killed in the second episode like and he you know like uh The Grand Inquisitor in Rebels, we just said, like, like, I forgot what I said, six years later, Mm. you know, is um, is basically like the same species as the one we saw get killed in episode Mm. two. So is it the same? Is Is it coincidentally another member of his species who's been turned into an Inquisitor that happens to also have been a Jedi, formerly Jedi? I don't know. We'll we'll find out. I, I agree with you. I don't think he's dead. I think he yeah. he probably got taken to like Mustafar to get like patched up by, by Vader personally, you know, by his medical staff. So we will find out. I I, uh, I will not be surprised if the Grand Inquisitor shows up again and uh, is is indeed the Grand Inquisitor that's in Rebels.
0: And hopefully, the fifth brother will find justice, which is something that uh, <laughs> just a throw need, we need we need Benno to make
1: that hashtag for sure <laughs>
0: really do justice for fifth it's just right. just have that him, him there as well um what we where we go afterwards is to uh, mapuzo which is a mining planet on the outer rim which um effectively you know they're going to a, tra- a rendezvous point that uh, Haja estri Nandani had uh, set up for them as well um we discover in this that it's um that this is a planet where the Empire effectively strip it of all of its resources and, and minerals um, in order to to kind of to build weapons and and ultimately build things like the Death Star as well. Um, along the way, they end up hitchhiking um, to a port. They have a, it, it, you know, and the Star Wars series tend to do this. They'll have these kind of what appear to be a little quite... quite funny little light interludes and we have a an alien uh driving it called freck whose voice boy is zach braff of uh, of scrubs fame to give them a ride very much an imperial loyalist feels like a kind of kind of person over here if, if they were here this weekend they would have been celebrating the jubilee and would have been wearing like sounds, a kind of
1: uh, sounds, sounds like a trump supporter to me yeah had, had that
0: kind of vibe to it as well which leia goes along with um
1: i love the empire
0: yeah, we love the empire, and it—you it, know—there's a there's a kind of little slip she does because this is my fret father, and you know you don't realize that at the time, but Freck has picked up on this as well. But yeah, saying that saying that they're farmers and that they're lost uh, at, at this point. Um,
1: yeah, what did you? Th- I mean, sorry, go on. there's sorry, there yeah, there's like some really I think good points that they're trying to do with. With mm-hmm. things like this one like the idea that you know basically any planet that the empire you know sees as being resource rich they they don't care about sustainability n- or anything like that they don't care about the indigenous population of the planet they just go in there as strip-minded they frack the shit out of the place at whatever planet whether it's on uh, Mapuza to 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 mine uh, the substance called vitrium um mm-hmm whether it would be going to another planet to just tear down all the trees, to, to, to use l- for lumber, to go to some planet to just like, Oh, we're going to turn this agricultural planet into just a giant farm and cut, you know, mm-hmm. and just turn into like a methane rich <laughs> planet. With all the, the cow shit or, you know, star Wars cow shit that's going to be put in the air. But also this, like Obi-Wan makes that, 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 that statement where he just says like the empire the, the, before there were fields and and, 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 and families and communities here. now it's, it's, it's just a wasteland because the empire's like destroyed this planet and that's what the empire does. And, you know, when we get to, um, what's the name of the character? Um, what's, uh, da, 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 da. we were talking about her before, uh, Indria, Indira Varma, Indira Varma's character, Tala. Tala, she, she, she says like, I joined up with the empire when I thought it was meant something, but then mm-hmm. I realized too late what it, what it actually was. And I think, you know, that goes into the whole thing of like how, you know, like Palpatine fooled everyone. He mm. he promised the security of the galaxy. If we turn to get rid of the Republic and turn everything into the empire and I'm the leader forever and everyone laughed it up. You know, that I think that's one of the great things about the, 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 the you know, the episode three. Is like the parallels you draw with the empire and the rise of palpatine to george george bush george w bush and and you know like wanting to invade iraq again yeah you know and oh there's so many parallels with that and just the great line from from you know padme this is how liberty dies with, with applause yeah it's great great line
0: it you really do get that kind of idea of like the sort of str- what strong men do which is offer kind of order and stability and then by doing that you kind of almost you inflame the chaos that you say you're protecting them from and so on the vicious cycle continues and you (laughs) see it around the world uh see it with russia um and it's kind of good because to have that kind of i I think that kind of different type of conversation which you know which we find like kind of throughout this really because we have here a conversation between you know when they're going along, when they're riding along between Obi-Wan, where he he reveals, like he asks him about his does he remember anything of his childhood? And he he sort of remembers what is it, his mother's shawl, his father's hands, and that he had a brother. Just to throw yes. that into the mix. Mm-hmm. Which the way that it's delivered, it's not delivered as if it's any kind of like revelation or anything along those lines, but just delivered in a way that kind of it's like a it's really humanizing obi-wan kenobi because if you're thinking of him from the original three films it it, you know he's very much kind of like he's a jedi and that's where he is whereas in this you're getting the idea also of a kind of like a a a broken man basically
1: he i mean he's lost his family his jedi family so you know he kind of maybe thinks about well what, what would have happened if i wasn't a jedi i i would have you know been growing up as a kenobi with this other family that I was taken away from, like, we have to keep rem- remember, like basically Jedi can go in and, and just take kids, essentially, like just go to the parents, and say your, your kid's force sensitive. They should join. They should just give them to us. <laughs> and, and I don't think it, it, I think it's been established that not every parent goes along with this, you know, they can say, they can say no. And they say, no, we're going to raise a child and maybe the Jedi just keep an eye on that kid to see how they turn out and they need any help or anything like that. But a lot of parents say, yo, my kid's going to become a Jedi. Here you go. You take my kid. No problem. So, um, and that's obviously what happened with, with Obi-Wan. Interestingly enough, as far as his brother, this brother reference goes, apparently hmm. the original idea in the, in one of the Star Wars scripts was that Owen Lars was going to be revealed to be Obi-Wan's brother. So. But they well, invented that. that
0: yeah i was gonna say that would be that'd be a hell of a twist and you know we didn't get any joel edgerton in in this episode rather like the way that this series has gone it's kind of taken everyone you know by focusing on 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 the layer story and, and not the route that everyone was expecting which is all the better for it um we also have four stormtroopers get picked up for a for a ride as well um Playing on that on the infinite stupidity of stormtroopers, They're not being able mm. not being able to spot them at uh, at all, um, not knowing. And, and this is like the kind of interesting thing. I think my natural instinct was is like, oh, he'll just use a Jedi mind trick in order to kind of do that. But then you think, well, actually, he's not really in a, he's not in a mental position for that. This is someone who is locked away from using the Force, so he doesn't end up being discovered. And it's not the idea. Oh, he's just going to be able to kind of switch it on, and he doesn't want to give away in any way, shape, or form that he's a um that he he's a Jedi. Uh it's sort of like again, following on from the nice um sort of lightness of it, until we discover that Freck is a grass when uh, when these when these guys get off and he takes them to a checkpoint and he and he says about them, about their story not checking out. Yeah. Um and I think we have a great moment where he's trying not to get detected. They send across a probe to check it up. It's, you know, he's got his hood there. He's, he's looking down. And as he, as he goes up and it, fo- it just manages to get that focus on his face, he destroys it with his, uh, with his blaster, which he interestingly doesn't, you know, he doesn't whip out the lightsaber here. He's very much in blaster mode as he was in the
1: last episode of Kenobi. Yeah, I think it was a really good call to make Freck an alien mm. because the, the empire is primarily consisted of, of humans. Um with some rare exceptions of like you humanoid like species, yeah. Grand Admiral Thrawn, but for the most part, it's a it's a very humanist in the sense like it's a you know human supremacist uh, organization, the Empire. Uh <laughs> you never see any alien like military commanders. There's no alien stormtroopers as far as I can recall. Um yeah, we don't get another life or are we? No, we do hear a female voice as a storm tree, which, which was really nice to hear yeah in this episode um but I think it's it's it' it's, it's also like I think it's deliberate to say like you know like th- this guy freck is, a, is is an alien he's not a human he's not of a human species but he still supports the Empire like he's been he's been blinded like to to follow him. like it's, it's like a lot of these you know people who follow certain political parties but it's like this political party this political figure, low information
0: voters mate
1: yeah he's a racist hates you hates you because of the color of your skin or your you know your religious background but no we we like this political figure this is this is drawing parallels to that i i believe and and i think it's really smart and i think it's it doesn't hit you over the head with it but it's there and if you if if you if you can pick up on it it's awesome um yeah and like freck freck is a I thought it was kind of charming where, like, he picks up the stormtroopers. Hey, guys, how's it going? And it's like, uh, yeah, we transports the lady. You want a ride? Thanks, Freck. You know, it, it, it kind of humanizes the stormtroopers in a way. They're not, like, telling him what to do. They're like, oh, thanks. Thanks, buddy. They're friends with him, you know, which yeah. is, I think is good to, to show that side of. These are just, you know, mass, you know, enlisted troopers. And stormtroopers are not meant to be smart or very good at mm. At their job, they're just meant to be a, a en mass, you know, force to to mm. to you know subjugate planets and to keep order. But they're, they're 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 given as much training, I believe, as probably most you know police officers in the United States. which is probably like three weeks or some shit like that, you know. So that's why they're not very good at their jobs.
0: <laughs> well, they also prove not to be very good at their jobs because they allow someone who isn't a commander once after this kind of battle scene where we do have a really cool bit of a stormtrooper falling down getting cut in half by by the gate which when they manage to get through there's three stormtroopers there with guns pointing at him and you think oh you know how's he getting out this one but lo and behold the rendezvous who he was expecting all along tala as you, as you mentioned in, in dear of who a lot of people would recognize um as is it alicia sand
1: alaria Elar- um, sand
0: alaria no, sand nice. um so at that point, you know, you know, she turns up, she shoots all three, um, you know, and then takes her away, take takes them away. Um, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed seeing. I think she's an excellent actress. We were having a, a talk about this kind of, um, you know, earlier on, on here. But it, it's, you mentioned there that she gives like the sort of backstory um, about her being part of the Empire and, you know, it's it's like kind of good like you know you're seeing the rebels at this point and there's a speaking of rebels a few lovely little easter eggs here isn't there
1: yeah so she's part of this thing called i guess it's essentially the underground railroad yeah for for jedis in the star wars universe it's called the path and um they, they they it's not just for jedis but it's for anyone who's kind of like on the run from the empire it's a network of of people who help you know People who escape from the empire, um, primarily Jedi's it seems, and including like references to um, a, a character from the expanded universe, from like uh, from the Rogue Squadron books. Apparently, we saw the kid that uh, H- Haider like helped smuggle to Corellia. That's his name is Koran, which is a which is the name of a character from the Rogue Squadron novels in star wars legends called coran horn and apparently one of the names we see written Aubrey, which is the 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 alphabet of of star wars uh, is is reference to a character who is coran horn's father or grandfather or something like that so like you know uh channels on youtube like eckhart's ladder and like star wars explained are much better at explaining these I, i i recommend checking those channels out but you know, I don't think it's necessarily going to lead to anything, unless mm. it, it is revealed that Koran Horn is now part of official canon, it, with maybe with the upcoming uh, Rogue Squad movie that's in development right now. If that if that ever happens um, and actually gets a release, um, but but the other big name, big reference that like blew me away when as soon as I heard the name is when Obi Wan looks at like a, a quote scrawled in and he says Quinlan. Was here. And he is referencing a character by the name of, of Quinlan Voss, who is another Jedi. He's actually uh, kind of a, a same classmate, a classmate of Obi Wan's. Mm. Um, so Qu- Quinlan Voss was a character created in the comic books, uh, the Star Wars comic books, when they were published by Dark Horse Comics. Um, it's The appearance of Quinlan Voss is based on a character we see very briefly in, in, in a cameo in The Phantom Menace on Tatooine, and, the, and, and the, a writer by the name of John Ostrander, who coincidentally also created the, the modern version of the Suicide Squad that we have seen uh, be turned into uh, movies. He's the creator of, of that concept in, in DC Comics. He he created Quinlan Voss with an artist by the name of Jandrisma, and in, throughout their clone, kind of the Republic Comics published at the time and then we become like the kind of basically the Clone Wars comic and it's really good and there's whole stories whole story arcs just devoted to Quinlan Voss and I'm gonna recommend a a kindle version of the omnibus featuring primarily him like my basically all his stories in, in one in one book including kind of his origin and he's also appeared in one episode of the clone wars where where obi-wan and he go on a hunt for a character by the name zero the hut and a lot of people don't like that episode i love that episode because you see that the clut like the uh the the hut gang leaders are all based on like classic gangster film gangsters yeah you know and i i've told people like that's cheesy no no it's it's great. I fucking loved it because it's just it's keeping in with George's vision of like referencing you know different film genres and cinematic yeah. history and things like that. So um, so he he's he he appears in that. So I'm assuming we are gonna get an appearance from Quinlan Voss in this series and within the next three episodes. And my my theory is that it will be paid by Ice Cube Jr., O'Shea Jackson Jr.
0: Who Played his dad in straight out of Compton, as as far as I remember him, and I remember seeing Ice. Ice Cube actually making reference that his son has had a much easier life than him as well. Um I would hope yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> Christ above, yeah. What kind of dad would he be after all that management? Now I'm still gonna drop you into the middle of Compton. Um, but yeah, they you know, there's um there's like a, a, a kind of uh, we have Tyler taking um Obi-Wan and Leia to a, a secret location for them to, to kind of lay low. Um, and then uh, Leia asks try if she can train to fire a blast. We get a lovely little line of, she'll make a good fighter t- someday mm-hmm. is what she says. But we don't get time for a wonderful training montage because we have basically uh, an Obi-Wan panic attack as much as anything else as we see uh, as he looks out and we can see that not only have the Inquisitors arrived, but we also have, um, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, uh, appearing, coming along. And it is like kind of fantastic as like Vader coming in across. And the first thing that you, you see him do is he manages to take, um, one guy out of his house, just using the force to kind of choke him to death and then also use it to kill his son. Um, snaps, I, his his son. snaps his neck. Um, really that like, really vicious. And I mean, that's the thing about this, you know, you, you go into star Wars, the, you know, series, not expecting a certain level of brutality, but also realizing this is something, you know, it's a global franchise and something you want it to appeal to everyone. But this is nasty. Vader, It's probably Vader, like is you know he's in prime, like kind of angry mode. He's he's not aware at this point that um, Luke and Leia exist. Just I think is he assumes that they would have that that they died along with uh, along with Padme. So he's just sort of motivated by that hatred for Obi Wan Kenobi. What did you yeah? What did you think of this?
1: i i think it's very much in keeping with like his his uh portrayal in rogue one especially at the mm-hmm. end where he's just like going onto the rebel ship and just killing all those rebel soldiers yeah and, and we just you know like when i first saw that i was like so shocked that they that they did that like that they actually oh they're gonna have vader on this and then i because i didn't know how closely it was going to lead into mm-hmm. episode four into a new hope rogue one that is and but that that portrayal incredibly closely worked. was the answer in the end wasn't it? <laughs> very much so yes uh but his portrayal in rogue one at the end when he's just cutting through mm-hmm. all those soldiers is very much like a horror movie i feel yeah. as well and again this is he's just this m- malevolent evil person now as darth mm-hmm. vader he's just randomly killing like people have nothing to do with it just to draw Obi-Wan out. Cause that's the whole point is like, he's going to draw Wan. He, he, there's another scene where he drags a woman along force choking her. You see yep. he kills her as well. And that he's probably going to kill this entire town until he, he draws Obi-Wan. And that's, that's the, you know, Obi-Wan, that's why he doesn't run away with, with Leia and Tarla He stays mm. to draw Vader and the stormtroopers away from, from them. Um, and, and this leads us into like, you know, Vader, sensing him and and starts to stalk him and and he, again it does it has a very much like a, a horror horror film feel of, of obi-wan being this victim with the, the 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 you know the the big bad the monster in darth vader trying to trying to kill him yeah
0: we do we get obi-wan versus vader it's part two at this point um <laughs> And for fans of Vader as well, recommend his match against Stan Hansen that you and Benno uh, recently (laughs) reviewed on Long Winding Raw Road on on post wrestling. Sorry, had to had to get that in there as well. Well, I Uh, you know, I think Vader,
1: like big van Vader probably turned he only got his eye popped out and then popped it back in where like he didn't lose any limbs or anything against Stan Hansen, whereas like you know, Obi-Wan totally fucked up Anakin. You know no no are like his one i think he kept no, both his arms are gone so the one that Count not chopped off and attacked yeah. the clones plus both his legs and then he got singed pretty badly there's a great line where you know he does he does say you should have killed me when you had a yeah. chance and like I, I i would think that that weighs on obi-wan like like I, I should have killed him but there's a there's a great line or a great sequence in in revenge of the sith where where Yoda says, I will go fit. Fa- I want I, I'll go face Vader. You go after Palpatine. And, and, and Obi-Wan says, no, I, I can't defeat Palpatine. I can't defeat Darth Sidious. I have to, I'll go after Anakin. And I think the whole thing was like Yoda knew that he, if, if, if he needed to, I think, I think he could have defeated Anakin mm. in the lightsaber duel. I think he would have killed him to, to end the Sith reign. And I do believe, honestly, I, I truly believe that if Obi-Wan faced Arsidious and lightsaber battle, he would have had a hard time of it, but I think he would have overcome over- overcome him That's eventually. Title, I, right? Well, I I think he's probably the greatest Jedi in the history of the franchise, the most skilled. Listen, the only reason he lost the fight in episode four is he threw the fight.
0: Yeah, he did. He threw
1: it. He did the J O B. He he looked up at the lights for Vader to, to save Luke, right? And he, he because he knew, like I'm Anyways, he I, I'm old. I'm gonna get become part of the forest if he cuts me down, so it's all good. So he doesn't really fucking care. Kept just hate
0: to keep it in the wrestling parlance at this right. point, didn't yeah.
1: He? he? Yeah, does. so I think he would have I think he could have beat Vader in episode four if he if he really wanted to. If he really applied himself, I think he had a very, very, very good chance of beating Vader in that lightsaber duel. And the only reason why Vader won was because Obi-Wan let him win. So, I uh, because he's been training like not not now not in this series. Obviously, his oh, skills no. have like deteriorated because he hasn't touched the lightsaber in years. But
0: he's blind you know, like Stan Hansen as well. He
1: can't see yeah what
0: Vader is at all here.
1: And and if you watch Rebels, there's a great um, Twin Sons is the name of the episode in Rebels where we we meet Obi Wan Kenobi on Tatooine, and he's. I don't know I don't want to should I should I go into the basic okay I'm just gonna say this. it's it's a duel it's it's a long-awaited rematch of of uh, an older Darth Maul with an older Obi-Wan they've, they've actually met tons of times in the Clone Wars yeah cart- Clone Wars TV sh- uh, cartoon series but in Rebels this is like oh Obi-Wan's in this oh my God but you know like He's he's never been able to defeat Darth Maul except outside of like you know the Phantom Menace battle, but again Darth Maul can't still can't kill Obi Wan, so this is like they're gonna be their final battle, and it's a great episode. and It's a great lightsaber duel. I, I think to me, the the this Rebels lightsaber duel between Obi Wan and Darth Maul is maybe either the second or the third best lightsaber duel. In the history of the franchise, you know, I still think Qui Gon Obi Wan versus Darth Maul in Episode One is the best. I think it's the best choreograph, looks best. Number two, number two is going to be Luke versus Vader in *Empire Strikes Back*. But this is this is number three then for sure, because at this point, Obi Wan has actually been training, and he's been thinking about how will I defeat, how can I finally defeat Darth Maul, and. I'll just leave it at that but it's it's a great it's a great sequence and and so like I think he probably my guess is he learns from this defeat at the hands of Vader and this lightsaber duel Mm. to like I have to start training again if I want to protect Luke in the future I have to keep up my lightsaber skills so
0: yeah it's it's he he legs it when he first sees it
1: uh, doesn't he yeah I
0: would do run just i run the best yeah
1: we'll be he's a cyborg now and it's like well i don't know how powerful he is now he he could be physically he's going to be way stronger than he was ever before and like he's he's a he's a sith lord so he's got the dark side on his side and he's probably more a little bit more powerful in the force just on a physical level so i would i would hoof it too, because and also like the whole idea is that he hasn't been keeping up with his lightsaber training Mm. and it's good because it's not just like oh i'm a jedi I I can I can just be be a badass Jedi whenever I want. No, like like any other skill, like any other person in existence, you you have to kind of keep you know honing these skills and and keeping up with them to to make sure that you're as good as you ever were. Yeah,
0: because it also as well. I mean, from a dramatic perspective, you don't want to have that big epic fight because it should be the case where he's got ring rust. Um, in this, and there's there's no way he's going to be able, you know, from a dramatic perspective for this, that it is the thing that works. And there's like you mentioned about sort of the horror sequence, really. You have like what is classic sort of horror c- cinematography um that they that they manage to do, where you have him where the only light he can see is his lightsaber as he's kind of moving around and he can't see Vader at all. And it isn't a case where Vader sort of appears close up, as you might expect, like kind of a jump scare, but you just see him a la Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers and the like, just sort of striding towards him, saying, you can't run. Um, and, you know, we have Obi-Wan saying, like, what you have become, to which Vader responds, I am what you made me. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, like, the kind of absolute truth in this. And, like, it's the thing that gives this sort of episode, like, kind of real weight to it as well. Like, you're you're getting the kind of that really kind of angry, vengeful side of him. But it's also the idea that he's going to toy with Obi-Wan. This isn't the idea of him just going there to kill him. It's the idea of, I'm going to make you suffer the way you made me suffer in Mustafar as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, he he doesn't want to kill him. He wants to capture him. He wants to take him back to Mustafar, probably Yeah, Um, try to get as much information that he he thinks Obi-Wan might have, but also just torture him just to make him go through like, what, 10 years of pain yeah. that he, that he's gone through it's in 10 years since, since Mustafar, essentially. Um, and there's that whole sequence where he lights, like he, he uses the force to like spill a ton of vitrium onto the ground. He ignites it with his lightsaber and he mm. is, sets the ground on fire, just drags everyone through there. And I'm like, whoa, God damn yeah. That is as brutal. Jesus.
0: It was, wasn't it? It was absolutely fun, because he's there for a bit. He's not just there for a second and then manages to to kind of get out. It's, you know, he's being at, you know, he is being burnt, and we managed to see the after effects um, as well. But they, you know, managed to, to cause, uh, Tala is there, managed to cause a distraction, um, shooting from the, uh, I think is it her left-hand holster which is is what she says she draws uh quickly from on there and she sets off um to the canisters and there causes a um uh, uh, a kind of, out of the fire. disruption yeah. yeah out of the fire she manages to to sort of uh drag you know manages It's a droid actually it's a loader, yeah, it loader droid Yeah it's the loader droid Yeah the loader droid which is great in this episode with another scene we didn't mention at all where the stormtroopers go in and they sort of assume that the loader droid is really dark, but in fact, it's a nice little scene of tension where it's holding like a, um, a hammer behind its back, or like mm-hmm. a, a mallet there. Um Yeah, and this loader, yeah, this loader droid manages Ned B. To, Ned B is a name, I think. Which carries on like the kind of, you know, rebel adjacent droids, you know, having that, you know, because even though it doesn't say a word in this, there's like, at least that sort of bit of character about it. There's that sort of simple dedication to it. Um, but yeah, wh- what did you think of this fight scene overall? What did you think of um,
1: Obi-Wan's um, escape? I, I think it makes sense. Like, like he's he's not going to be able to withstand any kind of lightsaber mm. duel with Darth Vader. So he's running away. Um, he gets basically dragged, you know, literally, in, in the ending sequence of this fight, and it's only Tarla who... You know, whose intervention saves him. Um mm. but it, it then creates a you know like a great buildup for maybe episode six of the series. It's like maybe we'll get a rematch where Obi-Wan will have will maybe in episode five we'll have a training montage of of him just re you know, rekindling his lightsaber abilities you know with practice and running on the beach and bare feet and, <laughs> and uh pulling a, a or in the snow referencing rocky four listen if if they just reference rocky four training montages and obi One, relearning how to become a badass lightsaber you know duelist, that'd be great i would i would absolutely love that but i'm excited like because i don't know where this is going to go still mm. like who knows what's happening episode four five and six now so I, I'm, I'm very, very excited about this. And, and we also see that Riva has discovered the, the safe house, yes. and she sees, she sees the Jedi symbol carved into the, 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 hidden room and, and then she realizes, oh, they escaped this way. And so she's gonna follow that. And she, she, she takes out the pilot that's supposed mm-hmm. to take Obi-Wan and lay it to Alderaan and, and she meets up with Little, Leila, little Leia, so what's going to happen here now? Like it's it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean the, 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 like
0: you say with this, with this kind of um, you've kind of got like the fact now that um, what is it uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's going to Jabim as well while this is going on, so you're figuring that he's going to have to plan some sort of, effectively like a kind of break-in, if they're taking, depending on where they're taking, um Leia, too, because obviously we've seen you know, this is she, she's not relying on any kind of like slightly bumbling kidnappers this time round, Reva. She's just going to end up taking Leia herself. So, yeah, I you know, I think this is well set up. Can you tell us about Jabim, though?
1: Where Obi Wan is going to the beam is, is a reference to a planet, um, from the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the like kind of like the deadliest like the site of the deadliest battle in the history of the clone wars that we we never used to, you know get we never see because it doesn't happen on on screen or anything like that um but it's it's a battle that that um that him and anakin fought in it was just like i believe it's, it's kind of like it has a kind of a feel of like a world war one trench battle of just like it's it's muddy and all the, the clone troopers are like just tired it's, like on this rainy planet all this um yeah it's it's another it's just basically it's another example of them just bringing back like star wars legends ideas Mm. and and references um who else is in this uh i think also like you know we get um so if you if you're interested it's in uh the dark Horse comic star wars republic number 55 uh i'm just reading the, the the synopsis on it yeah here it's it's you know Anakin's still a padawan he hasn't become a knight yet uh it's it's a rainy planet uh da, da, da. you know it's between the, the republic and the separatists da, da, da. apparently obi-wan is is is, 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 is um, thought to have been killed in this battle but he actually he was kidnapped by asajj ventress who i i don't know we're we gonna see asajj ventress in in, in this oh, That'd be interesting
0: that would be I, I I would love to see a Sarge Ventress in this. I would absolutely love to see a Sarge Ventress in this. For those who aren't aware of her, she is uh, Count Dooku's um, apprentice. Yeah, and she has she has a great backstory as well with her being part of the the sisters. I can't remember where where the Night Sisters, the Night Sisters of Dathomir. Yes. Yeah, and there's like a really great story arc with with her going back there after she. Um, after kind of like an easy with her and her sister isn't it he like, uh
1: like like they're sisters in a sense like they're part of a sisterhood yes um but yeah it's 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 she's a really fascinating fascinating character i am a big fan of hers uh, but also she has actually a very really strong connection with quinlan Voss because they were going to do a storyline involving her and quinlan Voss like going after count dooku um uh, mm-hmm that was supposed to be on a future season of Clone Wars before Disney canceled it when they bought uh, Lucasfilm. Uh, but they turned the story into a novel called Dark Disciple um, that uh, I will recommend maybe in a future episode if we if we do indeed get Quinlan Voss in, in this series. But uh, if we're gonna get Quinlan Voss, this would be the time period that she would also be involved with him. So she, could possibly show up in live action. So we, we shall see. We shall see. Ever seen the Gendi Tartosky? Uh, what was his name? The guy who made Samurai Jack. Um, I always forget his his how to pronounce his last name. Samurai Jack. Um, he created a, an early Clone Wars TV cartoon. Uh, Genndy. Yeah, Tarkovsky. He He did a show called he did a two part kind of mini episodes right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a, I have a DVD. It's called Clone Wars, and this is her her debut is in that. This is the first appearance of Asajj Ventress. It's not considered canon anymore, but don't worry about it. I, I recommend it. It's 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 very short. You can watch it within, like, it's less than an hour, the whole thing. It's a bunch of mini episodes, like five minutes long, just put spliced together and tells a story of the Clone Wars. It, you get this character called Dirge, who's a bounty hunter. You get count dooku you get i need to check Gen- this out you, you get general grievous you have slash ventress in this first appearance of slash Ventress. there's there's a great sequence for where, where, where anakin actually this is where you see anakin become a jedi knight mm. go from being Padawan to becoming a jedi so it's it's not canon um anymore apparently but it's really fun you can you can seek it out i, I highly recommend you can watch it in less time than it takes to watch the last AEW pay-per-view for sure
0: oh god a pay-per-view that I still haven't finished all of at time of recording. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a, you know, I think in terms of episodes of it, because we've, we've kind of managed to get through it. One thing we didn't mention, and I'm very remiss in this, not mentioning this in, in the recap part, is we do get to see Hayden Christensen in terms of his his face his in this, um, from a distance in this, which is, uh, you know, you mentioned him being obviously on the the. At the Star Wars celebration and being on the panel there. I just wanted to say about it with that little sequence, it reminded me of, I don't know why, The Passion of the Christ, which I don't know if you've watched. Um, and the way that. No, Satan I've, I've so
1: seen. Um, that's the Noah Gibson one. Which yes. Seen. I've seen the Scorsese Jesus Christ movie with Willem Dafoe as Jesus. Oh, Last, last Temptation Tent- of Christ. Last Temptation Christ. Yeah. Yeah. But I've not seen The Passion of the Christ. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It looks, I, everything I've ever heard about that film is just like, it might be, yeah. a, it's really brutal. in how if, like, yeah. if you view it as a horror film,
0: like in its own, like in that way, obviously there are massive issues in terms of like the, uh, per- uh, the portrayal of, um, of Jews around that point in time from Mel Gibson, for obvious reasons, you can see why he's, he's gone and done that, but it's, it's fascinating in its horror imagery. And one of the things it did is it just had like Satan effectively as a hooded bald sort of androgynous figure that kind of like moving away through crowds and always filmed kind of like from a distance, kind of like watching on kind of like maneuvering the scene in this. And I, and I, I just kind of wanted to say it was just that there was a moment from that that kind of reminded me of it, which, you know, to give a shout out um, to Deborah Chow again, directing this series. Cause I think, you know, from a visual perspective, this felt like, like you know, the one that sort of relied almost on the less kind of green screen of of any of the episodes, but it felt the better for it as like an as an episode of television and as a piece of drama.
1: Well, I mean, with Hayden Christensen, he is he's in the seed. so that's yeah. all his oh yeah, in, in this in this series as Darth Vader. So I thought he's done a really good job of like doing the movements as Darth mm-hmm. Vader. And I, I'm, I get the impression based on press he's done that he's really thought about this. Like that, mm. if he ever came back to play Vader, he, like he would be in the suit. And then how would like I, I would assume that he studied like David Prowse's performances in the suit. Um, so did and,
0: hear that it was someone else who was playing it physically in the suit at one point. I thought, but he no, is actually
1: playing him in the suit. I, as far as I know, he's Darth Vader physically, like in yeah. the suit and because why why like to me it's like why would you bring him back if you're not going to put him in the suit yeah um the only thing that's not available is his voice which i imagine we might get a scene where his mask gets damaged yeah so we'll get his his voice and we'll see part of his face in the mask. kind of referencing a battle that he darth vader will have with ahsoka tano in in rebels in the future um great great uh great storyline by the way that's yeah, the the relationship between Ahsoka Tano and Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, one of the best things to come out of like Dave Filoni, corner of of Star Wars. But um, yeah, no, that's him. That's him. I don't I don't see anyone else like saying that's not him in the suit. That's him in the suit. So all the physical acting is as Vader is is indeed him. It's not his voice acting, obviously. But it's it it's I'm just I, to me it, it's it's good to know that he's in the suit. Mm-hmm. I think he deserves to be in the suit, you know, like he deserves to have that moment in his career to be to actually beat Darth Vader like like yeah. in, in more than like for more than five minutes in, in the end of a, of a movie.
0: Yeah, he was always um, yeah, I, I was saying this earlier on, actually, to, to one of my sons, which was it always felt like he's kind of set up to fail. You're, you're like either you have to be have a character like in terms of An- how he portrays Anakin Skywalker be as good as Darth Vader otherwise it's always going to feel like it, it's just not going to compare and he was a very young actor at the time and when I saw him do a film called shattered glass um, which I thought was was very good about um, about a journalist who gets effectively but uh, it's plagiarism making up a lot a lot of stories um, I think it's I want to say it's for the new republic or something along those lines. So, you know, he, he is someone who's a capable actor, but appears to have kind of like not really been in in sort of limelight, doesn't seem to work necessarily a whole lot. So if he is coming back to embrace it as well, I'm kind of really happy for him that he's he's gonna be doing that and, and having a chance. And if he's if he's in the suit, that's what people want to see.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think you're gonna get too many people complaining, oh he it's he's not tall enough or anything. I think people are like, oh cool. He's in this, he's in the suit. It's it's actually yeah. him as um as Darth Vader. That's really cool. Um yeah, I'm looking at his IMDB. He's been a bunch of stuff that I have never heard of. <laughs> so oh wow. He's he's just you know but like I think like a lot of actors will tell you better to be a, a working actor than you know a non-working actor so he's still getting work whether it's like work that we get to see or gets you know touted as as being something that the masses should see is he's still working i think that's why you know a lot of actors will they get a soap opera and they just stay in that soap opera for decades because it's like hey i'm a working actor i'm getting paid pretty good money to, to, to 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 do some kind of acting like, and that's not a, I'm not disparaging soap operas at all. I used to love watching soap operas, but I think most, most actors, when they get into acting, they have aspirations maybe of of doing feature films, theater, um, maybe net like primetime network television, nothing against some people who, who make mm-hmm. a fine career out of becoming, you know, daytime drama actors, whether it's in the United States, Canada or in the United Kingdom, you know, like Dave Batista, on neighbors, right. Yes, I'm glad
0: you mentioned that Australia's finest soap. That's 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 got Guy Pearce back in. So if you're ever a Guy Pearce, and I'm a big Guy Pearce fan, I think he's an excellent actor. But that's what, to, to a lot of us in this country, is Mike from Neighbours. And yeah, Dave Batista being on it. What, a, what an appearance he had in it! It's very. It's almost impossible to describe. I don't know what would be the only other thing him appearing on would. It would be like Degrassi Junior High. <laughs> If I don't know, the
1: Ultimate Warrior appeared on that. Well, it would be appropriate because, like the Ultimate Warrior, Degrassi Junior High is a piece of shit. So you know, <laughs> not in terms of like its politics or anything like that. It's just it's, it's not it's not a very good show. I do not know why people will tell me it's one of the greatest things to ever come out of Canada. It's not. I don't think so. Anyways, I, I you kids can, I, can on, I, I I kids in the hall. I never really got into Kids in the Hall, but yeah, I I would put Kids in the Hall on a much higher level of quality than 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 uh, DeGrassi Junior High. People say, "Oh, it's the most realistic depiction of school life in in in, in Toronto in the '80s," and I, I was I was in I was in I was in Junior High School, Middle School in the '80s, and I'm like, "No, these people do not fucking exist in the high school I've ever been to, or middle school I've ever been to. Why do they have stupid nicknames like?" wheels and fucking sna- like listen if you if your fucking nickname is snake I, I i'm sorry you're gonna get bullied and shoved into lockers like every day of your school of life like or called wheels and it's, it's spike and shit. i never knew anyone who had stupid fucking nickname in, in <laughs> high school like this so anyways people tell me wow. it's it's great it's so realistic no it's not okay oh they did an episode about teen pregnancy big fucking deal big Fucking the de- Ooh, someone smoked pot. Oh, it's edgy.
0: Well, at, at least the remake you got Drake. Isn't it isn't that where Drake came from? Yeah. From well, I
1: mean, that's to me again, like I hate Drake. I think he's ruined the city to be honest. <laughs> so like that's not that's not saying much for me. It's like, oh it's where Drake came from. Oh, so I can blame fucking Degrassi for that too. As well.
0: You, you came you came back from Namazu, and he's completely transformed the place, hasn't he? To,
1: the six six, he's calling this fucking place the six fuck you fuck you and your six drake all right it's fucking trana all right not the fucking six the area code is 416 you dumb motherfucker okay anyways
0: (laughs) oh well that that brings us to the to the end of episode two of of hello there but you did mention earlier in terms of your recommendations um yeah
1: the link have, will be in the show description. I do have that in there as well. Yes, let me find where I have it. So it's called... Uh, there's no print copy of this available anymore, I'm afraid. But you can get a, a Kindle or Comixology uh, uh, you know, version of it, uh, which I, I read a lot of digital comics. If you have the right size tablet, it's, it's, it's a great way to read comics that are out of print. Uh, Star Wars Omnibus, Quinlan Voss, Jedi in Darkness. And this is the story of Quinlan Voss during the Clone Wars and detailing a lot of his really interesting history and, and backstory as well. And uh, really great work from, from John Ostrander, uh, artist Jan, Jan Derisma and a bunch of other, like, other artists who worked on this, but uh, Ostrander does an excellent job of just creating a really engrossing and, and f- fully fleshed Star Wars character in in in, uh in these stories and i I highly recommend this uh this digital comic for for everyone if you want to know more about Quinlan boss before his inevitable appearance before episode six of of this series then check that out
0: brilliant stuff and and where can the good folk find you
1: uh yeah over at post wrestling for the most part occasionally i i drop in it here here on other other shows of on the grapple network to uh to to to, to badger spotlight very soon. To, to badger Maddie Edwards about his uh his love of Randy Orton and his footwork. And uh to to you know to 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 check in on my good friend Deathmatch Richard and such. But um but otherwise you can usually find me at Post Wrestling. Um we got the a new episode of the Long and Winding Royal Road scheduled to be recorded uh later this week. Uh, we're gonna probably see the return of MCU later because Miss Marvel is mm. going to be coming out this week, I believe, on on this coming week on Disney Plus. So I'm excited to be uh, doing a show with Way again. Uh, what else am I gonna do? Maybe a, an episode of Post Perez. Hopefully, I gotta try to find back the schedule, um, which is funny for me to say because one thing I have to say, like I do not do the amount of podcasting that you, or Pheno. <laughs> uh, no, Hold on a uh, sorry, just had to talk to somebody there. Um, right. um you, Benno, John, or way, do like I do not do the amount of podcasting, but still it's it's also like f- finding the time to to just sit down and, and do do research and, and, and things like this. So I actually after we wrap this up, JP, I, I have to I have to research the, the next episode long when we're, we're old, I have to watch the match, I have to do research about the backstory and because it's a bit, it's going to be a big episode, so that's always. Oh, excellent! Say.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to it. I know Benno was on there recently as well, of of this parish. So I'm, I'm, you know, always a great listener. I've, I've managed to be on on there. I'm lucky enough to be on there a couple of times, and of the original T-shirt as well. That's right.
1: I, I'm, I'm... I told you, if you if you ever damage it, you need a new one. We'll send you one. Oh, no that's,
0: yeah definitely on that because tonight i'm wearing a um yeah your favorite wrestler yeah like you mentioned uh Nick Gage, no too,
1: see but... i have to correct you there he's not my favorite wrestler because that would entail that i think he's a wrestler
0: well yeah very yeah. true <laughs> well these days jesus christ well you can find me on i'm not gonna be on grapple spotlight this week um there's gonna be a special episode uh, of that coming out um but you can also find me talking about puro with your uh one of your uh the post uh wrestling family in karen peterson so we we did yeah. an episode of, of what we titled the karen peterson show because they just seem to be like <laughs> the, the mary tyler moore show is it episode. is it
1: uh is it an ongoing series then the karen peterson show
0: I think it. I, I. I think it will be. We're letting oh, her, yeah. letting her run wild with it at this point. And yes, she, she went through a uh, uh, a lot of great stuff on there, including a uh, the recap of the Hannah Kimura show as well. Her thoughts generally on the sort of landscape of, of New Japan, Kota Ibushi. Um, we talked a bit of best of the Super Juniors. We did have on the Patreon first of all. Is now available up on the free feed. So have a great listen episode. to that. I, I did Eat- listen
1: to it. That was very good. Fantastic. Very good chemistry you guys have talking about wrestling. Uh, maybe, maybe you said to me like maybe she'll uh, she'll appear on yes,
0: that's what that's what it is because she, she's very much like you know, big, big Star Wars fan as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, ho- hopefully, we'll just well, throw that out there. She'll definitely be appear
1: I'll uh, I'll leave that to you to schedule that, JP,
0: <laughs> <so>.
1: <laughs> definitely, but yeah.
0: Um, and yes you can find me on Twitter at j p j p three e's yes and that's
1: that, great. at yeah. wh park 9 that's the number 9
0: so and so we'll say for another week
1: yeah bye
0: there bye there